Hello, my fellow music lovers. I'm Alison Hagendorf, and welcome to the show. This is where we celebrate the universal love of music and the rock and roll spirit that lives in each of us. Thank you so much for being part of the show. I would love for you to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or follow the show if you're listening. I'm so glad you're here. My guest today is Australian drummer, singer, superstar, G-Flip. We talk all about their new album, Drummer, how music helped them navigate gender identity and self-discovery, their recent marriage to soulmate Chriselle Staus, and how G-Flip is becoming the role model they never had growing up. And happy birthday, G-Flip, which is today. Now, I know you don't like celebrating your birthday, so I will celebrate you by thanking you for giving all of us the gift of your music. And stay tuned after the interview for my sound advice. New music you need to know. It all starts now. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So first of all, I want you to know I love your style. I mean, look at look at what you're wearing today, even with this epic Kiss T-shirt. Obviously, my mug it looks Thanks. really great with you holding it. So thank, thank you. you. Mm. Your style's badass. Like, tell really? me, about, yeah, like who who inspires your your fashion, your style, just um, what you feel. Like a lot of the clothes people just send me some clothes. Yeah, or I go to just vintage shops and yeah. buy old band T-shirts. This is like from 1990. So it's, you know, it's, it feels like my dad's been wearing this since, right. like, the 90s. And that's what you aspire to have, like a, yeah. a dad worn-in type T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. I just want to feel like a dad, you know? <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, I appreciate dad <laughs> jokes. My wardrobe, I will say, I have a pretty great collection of rock T-shirts. I'm saying yeah. I'm actually not wearing one right now, but this one. Is Got a cool belt on, though. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Got to have a little flair in there. Yeah, and I like all the... Necklaces. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank Vibe. you. I cool style as well. And look at this jacket in your photo. Thank right you. Here, I like hardware. Hell's yeah! I do enjoy some hardware. That's a. Do you still have that? I do. That's fucking sick. Thank you. Yeah. I so got, we both have all right yeah. style. I just want to tell you, your your album drummer really is awesome, and I sort of love everything about it musically. But I love that you have called it 
a pop album from the drummer's perspective, you know, yeah. and I really appreciate and respect that. How right. did you how did you make sure to keep that in mind and make that possible? Um, I think I just built it from the drums up. Mm-hmm. And then if there was songs in my vault from years ago, then I just reproduced it thinking of what I'd want to do as a drummer. Yeah. But also I factored in my stage show a lot. You know, I feel like in the music industry these days, a lot of people make a song in the studio and then they transport it to the stage. And then you got to work out how to play it live where I wanted to, you know, produce my songs how I'd want to play them live yeah. and do the reverse a little bit. For sure. Bit. So sometimes it's like an afterthought. It's yeah. like, oh, now we're going to play this live, but you had that in mind the whole time. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I love their story. Like after your first album and you had like some success and you were kind of going into sessions, you know, you were always in a room where like there was zero instruments and yes. you're like, what's happening here? Like, yeah. so, so tell me what that experience was like and how you knew like that wasn't going to work for you. Yeah, I guess with like the machine pop industry um, to make pop music, when you come over to the States and you do a whole heap of sessions, which a lot of pop artists do, you just get thrown into different rooms with different producers and you just rock up and you go into a room and majority of these rooms uh, with producers that I'd walk into, a lot of them like hardly had any instruments, um, which is cool and like some of the biggest records in the world are made just from a laptop, you know, like that's how it runs these days. But I just I'm so tangible and I grew up just with my hands on sounds and instruments and playing drums and piano and guitar and stuff. So um, I learned that that wasn't me and also the music that I'd end up with when I left that studio that day, I wasn't in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just learned through trial and error like what I like and the music that it really like solidified the music that I want to put out in the world as well. Absolutely. You had to keep it true to you. It has to feel right yeah. from the get-go. hundred yeah. percent. And yeah, that's just what I worked out is my better process. And most of my first album I made in my room in Melbourne, Australia. And this second record I made in, you know, the house that I'm renting in LA. So I like living with all my instruments and I love, you know, being surrounded by gear and then if you have an idea, it's like, well, let's just try it. We're all, we're hooked up. Let's just lay it in and see how it sounds or no. doesn't need a harmonica. Let's go a saxophone. Like let's sort it out. So yeah, just, I think that's just, I've learned that that's how I like it. And the, the pop machine way of doing it just isn't, I, I just don't feel connected to the music, yeah. but I will jump into situations like that as a top liner or something. Right, 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 right. When I'm not producing as much. Um, but, yeah, I just found for my music it just wasn't my style. For sure. Because I want to hit stuff and, like, play stuff and, like, try this synth and, like, what the hell is this instrument in the corner? you got to feel. Yeah. you got to feel. I love that on this album you produce and you actually play a multitude of instruments. I don't even know if people realize that because, you know, people know you're a drummer, of course. But, I mean, you are really multi-talented. You know, when did you sort of pick up all of these instruments? Because that requires a lot of time to become good enough to be able yeah. to just play a multitude of instruments? Um, I started playing drums when I was nine years old and became very infatuated with drums and I had a drum teacher that made me fall in love with the kit. Um, and then I remember in music class watching all my peers like 
playing piano and playing guitar and then I'm kind of watching them like, I can probably do that. Let's teach myself. So then I just remember from like the ages of 13, 14, I was just obsessed with learning instruments and I'd run home from the bus and come home and spend a couple hours playing drums. Then I got a keyboard from Santa one year and then I started like teaching myself how to play chords and then my dad played guitar growing up so there was guitars in the house so I started teaching myself how to play that. I'm definitely best on um, kit but, you know, I can play um, a few different instruments and yeah, I just like making noise. I love that. <laughs> in fact, why, one of my favorite songs now because it's used to be I love I love the worst person alive and that video is gorgeous by Thanks. the way. But on good enough, yeah. I sort of love how it culminates into this end of you just like letting go. Like yeah. you're screaming, you're smashing like that release for me really resonates with me. Yeah. I love the build of that song. Yeah. It's like very primal and like visceral. Yeah. So I just wanted to like tell you how much I love that oh. song. Thank I you. Actually, tell me more about that song yeah. because the whole album is beautiful and I have so many different favorites. That song in particular gets me. Yeah, there was multiple versions of that song. I wrote that song in 20, the end of 2020 or 2021, somewhere in COVID. Um, and it was kind of like a ballad, um, like a, not like a, just a piano ballad. It was a ballad that had a few more layers of production and I was never satisfied with it. And I never loved the verses too much. Um, and then I always loved that chorus. When I wrote that chorus, I sat at the piano and I was like, you know, in my head I wanted to make a big like soaring ballad that people like scream and people scream it in their car and, and it, the audience, yeah. people just are like, thank you. Like people are just like roaring it. So when I sat at the piano and it was in Brisbane, I remember thinking like what would like Adele do or mm -hmm. what would like Lewis Capaldi do? They have these like big like slower powerful. tempo powerful ballads where they're really stretching their vocals and hitting the peak yeah. um, of their vocal contour in that chorus. So I remember just wanting to make a chorus that just felt like this big like hard-hitting ballad anthem. So I started the piano and then – that chorus kind of just fell out of my face. Wow. Which sometimes it, that happens, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But for that song, it just kind of fell out of my head. Lyrics as well. And then I wrote verses, wasn't happy with them, revisited the song here in L.A. with Aiden, who I co-produced majority mm -hmm. of the album with. And we just kept workshopping different verses and trying to get the format of it right because this chorus was so sick. Um. And then I had a few different ideas for the verses on that song. One of them was the chorus of The Worst Person Alive. Really? The chorus of The That's Worst Person Alive. Um, and you can kind of, in the rhythmic of it, like obviously I'm a drummer so my melodies that I write are very rhythmic. So the verse of the uh, of Good Enough is, I've been trying to keep the demons away space. But they been keeping it in my head at night. So I got that. Like staccato. Yeah. Which I'm the worst person alive. But I'm the worst person alive. You can see like the, the rhythm of both of them um, are a little bit similar. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we ended up using the 
the chorus for Worst Person Alive as the chorus for Worst Person Alive. Um, but, yeah, I was just trying all these different ideas for the verses of Good Enough and then – I love that you just banged that out, by the way. It was perfect. <laughs> I'm like sitting here being like, that was perfect. Thank yeah. you for that. Sick. I feel like a lot of my <laughs> melodies are so drummer. Like if you really wrote them out, like especially the worst person alive, like I used to be a wedding drummer. And like when you do like a drum solo and when I studied music, it would always be like hit on the one and then like do a drum solo. Like some kind of like. Hits on the one and then like fill in the gaps. Like a lot of my melodies, if you really break it down. I can hear that. Worst person alive. Mm-hmm. You used to go and baby, come up. Gay for me. Yeah. Bam. She said she's only gay for me. Bam. Bam. Like, yeah. So like I think just the melodies are right. I'm a very drummer based, like rhythmic based, because I think my brain thinks of them as like a snare rhythm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, good enough, you know, came together, um, you know, later in when I was handing in the album and I just realized that I wanted it to, you know, start really like a ballad, really, really soft, just me and a piano and then take it as far the other spectrum as you can. Um, I wanted that contour to just be like. It's a journey. The song is a journey. Yeah. Absolute journey. And like when I talk about thinking about my live performance, I wanted that ending of the song to feel like, I'm like ascending, like yeah. like I'm fully just like ascending above the audience. So yeah. it I, feels that way yeah. as a listener. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of just represents like the song is about feeling like you're not good enough for someone, um, and there's so much vulnerability in that. But then there's destruction, and it's kind of you know the whole spectrum of all of yeah. that in one song, production wise, mm-hmm. and the journey that I of course the total to journey sonically, yeah, and, you know, and just you know story wise. But this album has so many special moments on it. What are you most proud of with this album? What am I most proud of? I think that I really like it. You really <laughs> like it, yeah. There's some songs that I. I sit back and I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe that's my song. That's oh. awesome. Which I don't think I've felt oh, that beautiful. much before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm just – and I'm really proud of just me and Aiden, who I made most yeah. of the songs with. Like he's just this real talented kid out of Australia that I came across and me and him just bunkered down in my house and, like – all the hours of the day, all the way till 4 a.m. in the morning till early in the morning, we just worked on making this this album together and I'm really stoked with it. I just think it's great. And It's a great album. And fuck, it's fun to play live. Like playing the worst person alive live is so fun. And then just watching people like, like so many people lose their voice. Lose, and, and lose their minds. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many like. I'm not actually vocally trained. Like I haven't had lessons, so I'm not really too sure what I'm doing. But this <laughs> this album, I was really like, let's see how long I can hold notes. Let's see what notes I can stretch to hit. Yeah. So it's really like a anthemic. It's so anthemic. Your voice yeah. is really powerful and unique, and it oh, has um, an authenticity to it. I love it. Like you, you actually have like my favorite kind of voice, where it has its own texture and it has its own feeling how did you find your voice like you know when did you realize that you could sing I only started singing when I was about 20 like 
No wow. one knew I could sing my whole life. I knew I could kind of sing because I'd write secret songs before any of my family members would get home. I'd run home from the bus stop and like so I had a set of hours before, you know, everyone got home from other stuff. So definitely like if you listen to my first album, I was still like kind of teaching myself how to sing. Like my range is extremely like short compared mm-hmm. to my range now and my confidence in singing. Yeah has just gone up and I think it's just from being in the industry now longer and just like testing stuff out. Like I hold this mega note on Be Your Man. Yeah. Which was we were just doing an ad lib take and then I was like, I understand. And in my head let's I was like, let's see how fucking long I can hold this. And then I was like, we have to make that a part. And the producer I was working with was like, ah, no, I don't think so. Like could be a bit corny, but I was like, that is fucking dope. Like, it's so sick. I noticed mostly the difference between your first album to Drummer is your vocal prowess. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it is nuts. I need to get some lessons, though, because I could be doing hectic damage. I don't right. actually know. But I think it was literally like I just balls to the wall, didn't give a fuck. So I'm just like trying to sing as hectic as I can and see what happens. You can feel that, though, like the emotion, like the genuine emotion in your, mm. in your delivery. I make myself yeah. cry when I do. I bet. Yeah. I bet you I do. I cry so easily though. So it's, Do you? Oh, yeah. I'm an <laughs> a emotional little puppy. I'm crying every day, I reckon. Oh, my God. I cried like three times yesterday. From just like all emotions, like all different emotions? Yeah, mostly like I've been in Australia for a bit and I just arrived yesterday. So when my dog greeted me and like ran down oh, the driveway yeah. and then like seeing Cashel, my wife, and then just like. Being stoked on life. Oh, it's beautiful. I cry a but lot. First of all, that is emotional to be away from home. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that is emotional. So that's warranted, FYI. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I literally just cry because I'm like, I can't believe this is my job. Oh. Like in the Uber, I was talking to the Uber driver and he's like asking me what I do. And I was like, how cool that I get to do this for a living. And I'm in LA. When the Uber driver asks you, like, what do you do? Like, what do you say? I just say I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. And then normally they ask more questions. Right. And then I just get to tell them whatever I want. What if someone says, what type of music do you do? Because there's no answer for it. Like, how yeah. do you describe it? I'm always like, you know, it's kind of a mixture of like pop but rock and I'm a singing drummer. So mm-hmm. I drum bet- behind the kit. Um, but there's elements of a lot of different yes. things in my music. Like a lot of the memory, the melodies I make, because I listen to a lot of soul music. so I was actually going to say that. It's yeah. very soulful. There's a lot of soul and growing up I listened to a lot of soul and a lot of my like records that I have a soul kind of based and Leon Bridges is one of my favorite <sighs> artists. So like there's parts of my music where I'm like that's the soul in me somewhere, like the chorus of Rough, that melody is how the hell did we get so rough? I mean, like what? You're that's- insane. That's like so like, you know. You you have soul, you have R&B. I mean, you have like all the full spectrum. Yeah, what, what did you grow up listening to? Uh, my R&B side of me came from Usher, Confessions okay. album. Amazing. I'm in. And I think that album kind of taught me how to sing a little bit because I used to do his runs Yeah, on that as like a, I don't know how old I was, like a six-year-old, seven-year-old. I'd just listen to that and I'd just like practice like, and sing all these, uh, yeah. like, runs and stuff. But a mixture of things. Like, I grew up listening to a lot of the stuff my dad 
showed me like the Rolling Stones, Rancid, Pink Floyd, Green Day, the Dookie album was life-changing. Yeah. Um, A band in Australia called The Living End. Oh, Um, yeah. Like, um, so a lot of rock-based stuff my dad was listening to. Then my mum was listening to top 40 kind of pop stuff. Um, So it was a blend of that. And then, you know, I gravitated to some more soul R&B stuff that was in like the top 40, like Usher. Um, But then, you know, I went through my Paramore stage. I went through a heavy stage where I loved Slipknot and, you know, Rage and, um, you know, a bunch of like kind of punk rock bands. And then I went through a jazz stage when I was studying music Mm -hmm. where I listened to a lot of jazz and samba music. Um, but then I think my ear just loves melodies, no yeah. matter if it's a vocal melody right. or like a bass line or of course. something. It just likes the different elements of music. I just like music. And of it's course. so funny because it's like you can't touch it. It's just like magical sonics. It's just like fucking around in the air. It's the best. It's and magic. It, and it can make you feel something. I can have a shit as fuck day and then like. I listen to something and I'm like, oh, I'm actually happy. It's like an, an injection. It's like yeah. the best possible treatment. Whoever you know? invented music, that I mean, it is the best. I read something that said that, like, you know, growing up watching TV, you would see, like, Britney Spears and you would see Christina Aguilera, but it was really Travis Barker that, that resonated with you. Yeah. What was it about Travis and, and seeing him play? Definitely, like, you know, physically watching someone absolutely, like, pound the drums. His tattoos look sick. His kits were always, like, eccentric. He really brought drums to the front um, in that era. And I guess with me being just confused as a kid and not really understanding my gender and my sexuality and all the females that were on TV that I was watching was so sexualized and wore little skirts and all knew how to dance. And I, you know, I wasn't like that growing up. You know, my sister was very much like that, but I felt like I was the polar opposite. I wanted to rip my top off and, like, bang some skins with some sticks, you know. So um, I was just different in that way. So I identified more with, yeah, Travis growing up. And I feel like a big part of my project is now I want to be, you know, a role model and be the person that I never had growing up. Like I wish I had someone like me that was, like, I wish that I watched a music video of the worst person alive when I was, you know, that age. Like seeing someone that looks like me behind a drum kit that's like going fast on a car is like dope to me. And right. as a kid I would have been like, whoa, I want to do that, you know. So, yeah, a big part of my project is what would little G have wanted to see? How does that make you feel knowing that you grew up with these feelings and no one specific to look to and now you are providing that? for so many people around the world. I mean, that must feel like, I mean, you tell me, what does yeah. that what does that feel like? I guess it hasn't really hit me too much that I'm that person for multiple people. I feel like I just did a meet and greet and a tour in the in Australia and I met a few people who like wrote me heaps of letters and like I met them face to face and they're just crying yeah. cuz they're telling me how much I've changed their life. So I feel like when that happens, then it really sinks in. Like, holy shit, I did what I set out to do, oh. like be the role model I never had. But when you say it like that to like globally, like multiple people, it still doesn't feel real yet. And I feel like I still got a long way to go in my career till I really 
feel like that's happened, but I'm on my way. You're on your way. Yeah. You know, you've been very verbal and sometimes used your music to share stories and and, and obstacles you've experienced, even growing up, you know, yeah. whether it's being bullied or just not feeling a part of it. How did you sort of use your music as a means of, I mean, that's very brave to share, to share those stories. Did you just yeah. feel like you had to, like, did it just come out naturally or were you nervous about sharing in that way? No, I feel like my writing comes out pretty naturally. Mm -hmm. I also don't think about it too much. Yeah. Like I don't think, is this cool? Is this not cool? Should I share this? Should I not? Yeah. I feel like my writing style is very open diary vibe and I just share my experiences. Yeah. Um, And especially like Waste of Space, which is a song about my gender identity, that just came pretty natural. Like uh, me and Tim Anderson, who I wrote that song with, you know, we came up with the Waste of Space hook and then I just dove in lyrically and with the melodies and the verses and everything on, you know, what times in my life have I felt the most like a waste of space? And when I think of that, it's my childhood because waste of space was like the insult that kids give to each other before, you know, heaps of swear words. Um, So, yeah, I was called a waste of space a lot when I was a kid. And you were like 11 at this time, right, when yeah. this was happening to you? From like about seven years old and above. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Being such a young age and being so, you know, inse- everyone's insecure at that age and being so vulnerable, how did you overcome, you know, this this pain or these obstacles? Like how did you – you're such a strong – beautiful mm. individual. Mm. You know, when this was happening to you as a young kid, how did you find strength and and security? Um, I definitely struggled with it. Like I got bullied a little bit in primary school and I remember going and faking sickies so I could just go home because mm-hmm. I couldn't deal with everyone running away from me at, at recess and stuff. Um, but then I think I started to really feel comfortable and love myself when I found drums because drums became part of my identity and I liked that. I liked that I was the drum kid, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how then people knew me, like the sporty drummer kid rather than like the closeted queer kid that's like, you know, which I was. I was like had crushes on girls my whole life and I didn't want anyone to know about it and would look myself in the mirror and say, you're not gay, you're not gay, you're not gay, you're not gay because the how I grew up, you know, you'd be ostracized if you said anything. And I'm glad that now if I grew up in these times, it would be different because I've gone back to my schools and, like, they're way more accepting and this generation is way more accepting where I grew up. Um, so um, definitely when I found drums, it was like my safe haven. Mm-hmm. It was like my identity. Yes. Um, rather than anyone finding out that I was queer. So it's my little safe zone and it always was my safe zone. And then it wasn't until like I came out that then I really was like, fuck it, I'll start sharing my music now because all my music was very queer based. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the drums were like my, you know, my safe spot until I was fully ready to just unleash myself. Absolutely. And I also being on the drums, you're sort of like physically behind a kit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like to come out and from, it's like a whole other layer yeah. of exposure and yeah. vulnerability and, mm. and strength, yeah. really. Every show I play, I start on the drum kit. 
So, and I remember my first show as G Flip. So I've been playing in bands my whole life and wedding drummer and um, a session drummer. So I've played so many in so many bands, but my first show as G Flip, which was at South by Southwest, you know, I did my first song where I sing behind the kit. And then there was that moment where I took the microphone and had to take a step out. And I remember in my head being like, here we go. And then <laughs> taking that step out and being like, all right, you're a solo artist now. Wow. So, yeah, but I always, I start every show in my comfort zone because, mm-hmm. like, it's just so comfortable for me. Yeah. Like I, And it sets the tone and it starts the show off well. Yeah. I couldn't start a show. Just like rocking out. Like coming out with a mic. Yeah. Right. I get like that. That doesn't feel... I right get that. to me. Yeah. To know that you started that way and then seeing a video of you recently with Mike Shinoda oh, in yeah. Sydney. What an epic <laughs> moment. I mean, first of all, I love Mike. Tell me how that yeah. connection came about. And I love like the mashup you guys did. I mean, that was insane. Yeah. When you're saying like in the end, like, I mean, what was that like for you? Definitely fucking wild. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, still, that's another thing that every day I'm like, that is crazy that that happened. Um, no, I met I met Mike in 2021, I think at the end of 2021. We did a session because he started doing production. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went over to his house and we worked on some music together. Um, I remember absolutely he had a whole drum kit set up in another room and I just went to absolute town on this <laughs> drum kit. Um, and, yeah, we just started working together and then over the years we've done some more sessions making music. Um, so he's become a friend and I I saw on his Instagram that he was in Australia for our big sound, which is like our like mini South by Southwest yeah. in Australia. And I just text him being like, are you going to be in Sydney, like, these few dates. Um, And then he was like, whoa, I actually am. I'm there on the 7th or the 8th. I can't remember what day it was. And I was like, I've got a show. You should totally come. He's like, I'll be there. And then I messaged him, like, the next day just being like, you wanted to get on stage? And then he was like, absolutely. (laughs) And I was just like, (laughs) fuck, yeah. And then um, he was like, you know, I want to do something familiar, maybe – Oh, I sent him the extension of The Worst Person Alive. So yeah. I already had in my set an extension of that song um, where normally I just improv. We finish a song and then, you know, a piano comes in just like hammering the G and then um, we do a whole other build up into another last chorus. So I sent him a file of the song live with that extension and I was like, here are the amount of bars that are free that you could improv anything you want. Um, you could rap, you could do whatever. And then he's like, we should do something familiar Here's a few songs and then I sent him, you know, the version and then he just made a voice memo back like rapping, you know, in the end and then he's like, and then you can come in with me on the, the oh chorus, Chester's part. Um, and then it was very funny like sending that to my band, the boys in my band because some of them are like huge Linkin Park fans and like growing up in Australia, like Mike Shinoda is pretty untouchable. Like that's Aww. so like when I – message in the group chat hey guys mike's gonna come on jump on stage this is what he's gonna do the boys in my band lost their mind <laughs> they're freaking out they were like wait is this really happening g uh, you know like it's the most like la hollywood thing i feel like coming from australia like 
I don't know. I feel like Australians would appreciate that more just because, like, these famous people are, like, so famous and, like, on our TVs, but they're not, like, on our soil, you know? I see, yeah. So, yeah, it was a pretty cool moment. That was a moment all around for everyone. Yeah, that was a very, very, uh, like, a big highlight of my life, for sure. That's incredible. And you guys have been working on music together. I mean, that'd be cool. We've got some songs in the vault. You do? Yeah, we got some songs. Yeah. Who, who else would be like a dream collaboration for you? Ooh, um, dream collaboration. I'd love, like, obviously these are hectic dreams. Yeah. I would like to produce for people mm-hmm. and drum for more people. Oh, that's awesome. Like if people want drums on their record, I want people to, you know, like people how Travis Barker like Travis features. does, yeah. yeah. Um, and I feel like I've got a really good drum set up at the moment. And I Do just you love- know Travis? Have you guys connected? We have, we have made some music before. <laughs> I you were going to say that. I have to ask him about this. That's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. Sick. Um, I have Sick. worked with him for, I don't know if I've ever shared that. but That's amazing. I was really hoping you were going to say that. That's yeah. awesome. Definitely another yeah. highlight of my whole entire life. Oh. Yeah. Um, so good. But, yeah. And he's the loveliest. Oh. He's the so best. So cool, so nice. He's going chill. Yeah. He's, he's so rad. Um, definitely, well, making more songs with Mike, more songs with Trav. Um Drumming for other people because yeah. I just like being in the studio and producing music. I like yeah. being in the ring doing that stuff and I feel like I'm actually really pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, but then I'd, you know, I'd love to do a song with Miley. I think our voices. Gosh, oh, my God, like, would be incredible. Yeah, and a few people on TikTok have been like, trying to push for that yes obviously it's so far-fetched like but let's put it out there let's put it out there yes um posty would be cool oh, amazing um i think me and posty would probably just vibe just yeah. on human level like i've watched interviews with him and i'm like i just want to hang out yeah maybe we don't even need to make music maybe just we hang. just go to denny's or something i feel like you're naming the best hang also we should yeah. have everybody come yeah i mean We're, that's amazing it's all hang i'm joining out. obviously um yeah Obviously, it's a dream of mine to meet Dave Girl. Oh, he's because I feel like, um, you know, Dave Girl and Taylor Hawkins are some of my favorite drummers growing up. Still, my favorite drummers, and uh, you know, Dave was playing drums in bands, and then he started his own solo project, playing all the instruments, and that's exactly what I did. So, um, I like his career trajectory. Yeah, for and sure. And I think it's dope. But there's so many people I want to work with. I just like writing music and I love being in studios producing as well. So any way I can be involved, I want to be involved. I love it's like your happy place, like your safe space. I love that. You've had a huge year. Not only did Drummer come out, but you got married. I did. Oh, congratulations yeah. to you and Chriselle. It's so oh, exciting. Thank you. I'm full mazzed up now. I love that. <laughs> I mean, how has it been so far? I mean, it's, it's pretty, still pretty recent. I yeah. mean, yeah. Um, no, it's great. It's great. awesome. She's just the best. And um, I love our life together. Aww. And she's such a supporter. And she's so down to earth. And she's so cool. And <sighs> I just love doing life and days with her. It's great. That's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And she loves your music. Yeah, she was a fan of my music before um, being a fan of me as Aww. a person. So, um, yeah, she. Um, I would always see she'd put, like, my songs in her stories and stuff before we, like, fully had connected and stuff. So that was pretty cute. Um, But, yeah, and she comes to my shows 
and she's front row or she's like by the mixing desk because she knows it sounds the best there. Or she loves music. She's a real music yeah. fan. Yeah, she yeah. loves music and her dad was in a, in bands growing up. Was Her dad was a drummer. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. I think one of, like, one of the things we very, like, connected on or what I was obsessed with was when we first, like, started talking to each other, she was like, what kit do you have? And I was like. That's amazing. Wait, what did you just ask me? Yeah. It's the sexiest thing ever. Ever. I, I have this drum kit. And then she's like, well, my dad had a Pearl Export. And I was like, that was the kit I had my first drum kit as well. And, like, just us talking shop about drums, I was yeah. like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> who is this woman? Yes. That's really cool. Yeah, That's that really was cool. cool. So you connected over gear and music. That's yeah, wonderful. Which I didn't expect. Yeah. Like, like so many parts of that beautiful woman surprised me the more we got to know each other the more I was like surprised like whoa what what have you learned from her so far like what's what 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 has your relationship taught you Mm. about yourself or about life about myself that you can really find someone like your dream human being that you like I don't know with, with my I go to therapy and my therapist asked me to write down like dream woman and then mm-hmm. like write dream woman in a circle and then have all the points about yeah. her. Like you can find that person in real life. Yeah. Like, that's beautiful. Like, yeah, you can find someone that, you know, ticks so many of the boxes that you want in a human being. Like they, they're they out there and she's just so right. Oh. And I wish she was around all the time. Like I wish she was here. Oh. She's just fun. That's so great. I mean, it's the greatest gift to find a partner that makes you feel this alive and this happy. It's beautiful. I'm so happy for you guys. Oh, thank you. This is a big year. You drummer, you got married, and it's also a milestone birthday. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, The big three O is coming down. Wonderful. Yeah. Any plans? No, I don't like birthdays. No, no? No, I don't want to do too much. I've booked work on the day. Got it. But Chriselle loves birthdays, so. Um, Maybe she'll have a plan. Oh, she <laughs> she has a plan. She ha- always has a plan. I've never met a girl that loves birthdays so much. Wow. Loves birthdays. Like, do you do you not like birthdays because it's like makes you reflect or makes you like nostalgic or makes you think back or is it just the attention? I think it's the attention. I'm like, oh, like I already have like. I don't know. I just, like, don't want to celebrate me or something. I don't know. I get celebrated enough in life. I, like, play shows and people are screaming my name. Like, I don't need another day. Well, we we will celebrate you. Okay. Real quick, let's do deep cuts. Cool. Name a song, album, or artist that changed your life. Ooh, a song, album, or artist that changed my life. I think, like... Throughout my experiences in life, I was listening to certain albums. And so whenever I listen to that album or that musician, it takes me back. You're transported. To a time. Um, So when I was like coming out and dealing like with my sexuality and falling in love with a girl the first time, River by Leon Bridges was a song that I was listening to a lot. So that song is like always has a special like takes me back yeah um so there's like songs that just transport me back in time also I remember like 
in a relationship that I was falling in love is when Justin Bieber's Purpose came out mm-hmm. and I was thrashing that album. The writing, <laughs> the writing on it's so good. Yeah. Um, so that also transports me. There's always albums, a Bon Iver album that takes me back to another time. There's always different albums mm-hmm. that I feel like. It's like the soundtrack of your life, yeah, really. It is. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Music has the same role for me. It's like yeah. I physically get like transported to another time of my life just by hearing a certain yeah. song or album. It's wild. Yeah, fully. It's really wild. It is wild. What is a song that you wish you wrote? I'm like, what songs do I have tatted on my body? <laughs> Surely one of the songs I have tatted on my body I'd want. Um, I'm trying to think of like my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. Like – River Leon Bridges, Beast of Burden, Rolling Stones, yeah. Voodoo Child, Slight Return by Jimi Hendrix. That would be a crazy one oh to say God. that you wrote. Jimi <laughs> <laughs> My son is named Cole Hendrix after oh, really? Jimi Hendrix because he is just the great. Yeah. The greatest. Or some Etta James songs. Oh, like, my God. Like so many songs. Yeah. I don't know. I know. It's an impossible question. Yeah. Yeah. Or happy birthday. Because imagine saying, <laughs> I wrote happy birthday. Imagine saying so that. So true. That's a good point. That means, like <laughs> every day people, billions of people, millions of people are singing your song. I know. Yeah. What are words you live by? Words I live by. Uh, create the things you wish existed. Um, I feel like, you know, when I talk about me as a kid, and, like, being the role model I wish I had, you know, as I said before, like, I wish as, like, a six-, seven-year-old I watched my music for The Worst Person Alive because it would have changed my life, like, seeing someone look like me drumming and singing when that wasn't a thing when I was growing up. So create the things you wish existed. I wish I existed when I was a kid because it would have helped me with my gender identity and my sexuality and just everything to do with identity. So, um Anything you wish existed, you should just create it yourself. God, you are amazing. You're Aww. amazing. I think you are such an inspiration. And I know that you said it will take time for you to sort of fully understand yeah. you know, what you're, the, the path that you are forging as a pioneer mm. and, and innovator. Um, but I already see it. And Aww. so many people see it. You're sweet ass. No, I'm serious. I think what you're doing is it's, you're a trailblazer. Oh, you are. That's very nice. Of yeah, you it's as it's as rock and roll as it gets. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's sweet as. G is just the coolest. They truly are forging their own path, creating the role model that they wish they had. That is so so powerful. Happy thirtieth, G Flip. It is now time for my sound advice. New music you need to know on the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist. Kicking it off with a new one from today's guest, G Flip. It was nearly impossible for me to narrow down which song off their new album, Drummer, I wanted to feature, but I am going to go with this one, which has G smashing the drums on the back of a moving truck in the countryside. It's so badass. This song is about the guilt you feel after breaking up with someone. It is such a great song. Check out The Worst Person Alive. Next up is the latest from Blue October out today. Their new album is coming out next month, and I will tell you, I've heard it, and it is absolutely stunning. Each song has its own signature sound, and this one is truly unique. It has all the vibes, beautifully melodic, killer beats, such a groove. Check out Blue October's latest song out today, All I See Is You. 
Also this week is the latest from Mona. Nick Brown is one of the greatest singer-songwriters I know, and this one is about the never-ending highs and lows in every relationship and life situation. Sonically, it's a first-listen, instant feel-good song. Check out Mona's new song out today, Told Ya. That's my sound advice this week. Search for the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist wherever you listen to music. Thank you, as always, for being part of the Allison Hagendorf Show. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch the show on YouTube. I would love to hear from you, so please like, comment, rate, review, whatever you're feeling, and reach out to me on socials at Allie Hagendorf. I would love to connect with you. Let me know who I should interview next and who I should feature on my sound advice. Thanks again. I'll see you next week, and remember, you're a rock star. Hold up. 